0: Plum Creek and we're a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around changed lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. God has something he wants to say specifically to you wherever you are. Our hope is that you will leave encouraged and closer to him than ever before. We'd love to connect with you online at PlumCreekOnline.com or on social media where you can see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting your dollar amount to the number on the screen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you'll enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Uh, last week was kind of busy around here. Don't know if you noticed that or not. We uh, like to call it the Super Bowl of Sundays uh, for church, and uh, we're just so so grateful for all the help. I want to share a couple things with you. We don't talk about these kinds of things a lot, but this is just a, man, God's done some great things. Last weekend, we had over 250 people uh, serving and volunteering and helping out, and many uh, helped all six services. And I'm so grateful for the team that we have, and for so many of you that step up to help out week after week in so many ways. We're very, very, very grateful. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that is just a, I'm I'm thankful for is this. Uh, oftentimes, when we hit a weekend like we did last weekend. We ask for your help, and we ask you to maybe make some movement to some other services to clear some space and make some room for folks that might be coming in. And you guys always step up. Last week, our largest service was the 430 service, and so thank you for uh, helping us with that for those of you that did. Uh, and our man, our kids' areas were slammed. Our Pastor Emily and the whole team back there took care of 699 kids that had an opportunity to hear about our risen Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And I'm just so grateful, so grateful. And so you got to hear this. Um, this. This past weekend was the first time in the history of Plum Creek that we went over 4,000 people on a weekend. We had 4,226 people uh, celebrate with us on Easter Sunday. It was great. But listen, that's not the best news. The best news is this. Uh, there were 52 people that made a decision to step across the line of faith and give their heart to the Lord last week. Isn't that awesome? And um, of those 52, we know that we gave out 36 packets for those to take next steps on their faith journey. Can we pray for just a second? Lord, we have so much to say thankful, that to be thankful for, and to say thanks for my heart is just overwhelmed with the opportunity to be part of what you're doing. And Lord, we know it's not just Plum Creek. We have so many dear friends that that we're doing ministry with here in this valley that that as well have opportunity to uh, share uh, equally exciting news of people stepping across the line of faith and giving their hearts to you. And Lord, we know there's many people that aren't connected to a church uh, family. And so we pray for those that came maybe just exploring or came out of some, some kind of Easter obligation or just habit, um, Lord, we thank you that we had a chance to talk about you, to talk about our God that is alive. And for those that made those decisions, both here and other places as well, and those that are exploring things of faith, Lord, I pray that you will, that you will just speak clearly, that you will draw people uh, to you and that you will pursue them and they will, they will just uh, grow to, to be uh, passionate and excited about a God that's alive and a God that is working Lord, will you please help us to keep doing the very best job we can as a church uh, to reach this community for you? We love you. We're grateful. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we're starting a new series uh, this weekend, a uh, four-week series called Necessary Sins. We talked about it last week. Maybe that's why you're back. You're like, all right, bro, what are you talking about? So let me kind of unpack this for you just a minute. Um, you know, there are many things uh, that, that we would say are sins that we would not have any negotiation or conversation about that we just know that stuff's not okay, right? We could talk about murder. We could talk about stealing. We would just, no question, we know those things are not okay, not okay. Uh, but unfortunately, in the culture that you and I live in, there are little things that have kind of snuck their way into our lives that we have become pretty proficient at justifying, kind of explaining away, dismissing, tolerating, maybe making excuses for because they seem just more mainstream in this culture that we live in. Um, Now, even though it may seem acceptable to some, that doesn't mean that these these things are right in our God's eyes. And over the next four weeks, we're going to take a look at four more ordinary sins That many of us rationalize away and just say, well, you know, that's just kind of part of life. And we're going to look at them from God's perspective. And here's how I want to approach this over the next four weeks. We're going to always start with this bedrock kind of prayer, these verses from Psalms. And listen, I'm a huge proponent of uh, encouraging you, and I do this myself, praying through the Psalms. If you haven't done that before, I would encourage you to do that. This would be one of the psalms that I would say, make a note in your phone or take a note on your journey guide, write down this psalm and go back this week and pray this because this will be the bedrock for this series. In Psalm chapter 139, verse 23, the psalmist writes this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Can you bow your head for just a second? Father, we pray this together as a church. I pray that you will search each of us, that you will know our hearts, and you will test us and know those places in our hearts where where we have anxious thoughts. God, I pray today, as I've been praying this whole week, that you would point out anything in us that offends you, and lead me along the path. Lead us along the path of everlasting life speak to us God give us hearts that will hear challenge us where we need to be challenged help us to be more like you as a result of our time today in your word in your name we pray amen so I was uh you guys know I'm kind of a a preaching junkie so I like to listen to sermons a lot and I pay close attention and like I got favorite people that I like to listen to and I was listening to a pastor teach on the topic I'm talking about today and he told a story and I'm going to share it with you uh, he said that when he was young, uh, he was in a church service, and the pastor gave an assignment at the end of the of the church service, and just said, "Hey guys, um, in preparation for next week, kind of the direction that I want to go, and ask you to do something this week." And uh, he said, "If when you go home, uh, would you just please make a point sometime during this week to read Mark chapter 17?" And he thought to himself, "Wow, that's okay, no problem. I can do that. I'm going to do that." And so he just kind of made a commitment as he was leaving. I'm going to sometime this week make sure that I. Read, um, read that passage of scripture. And so he um, he got home, and you know, things like happens to all of us, kind of, we got away from him, and he didn't do the assignment uh, the pastor had asked. And so he got to church the next the next weekend. The pastor said, hey, uh, before I get started, I just wanted to see if uh, if anybody did the, the homework for this week. Did anybody do what I asked you to do? And he thought to himself, gosh, I don't want to look stupid, right? And so uh, he just kind of like raised his hand. He's like, Got it. Like three other people. And he's like, wow, that's awesome. He said, will you, will you three please help me out? We want to honor you today. Will you please stand up while we read Mark chapter 17? So he stood up and he had his Bible. And the pastor said, well, let's just turn to Mark 17. So he had his Bible and he was like, Mark 15, Mark 16, Luke chapter 1. <laughs> and the pastor said, welcome to week one of a new series on lying right can you imagine how he must have felt that damn like oh boy we've all kind of felt that way we haven't gotten busted or caught in a lie where we hadn't been truthful and now we feel silly or ridiculous uh, we've all felt that way before let me just ask you this how many of you have ever told a lie raise your hand all right keep your hand up those that don't ready one two three you're a liar one <laughs> two three yeah you are a liar right we need to talk after service prayer team will be up front, right? <clears throat> um, I, I believe uh, this is one of the ways that it is confirmed in us that we are born with a sinful nature. Because I'd like to think I'm a decent dad, okay? Beth is a good mom. But something happened to each of our children, all four of them, as, as they were growing. For some reason, all four of them got to a point where for some reason, untrained by me, they told Bold-faced lies about things that had no reason to lie about. Parents, you with me here? But tell a lie, and I'd be like, "What? You take after your mother, right?" As a matter of fact, one of our kids went through a season where he was telling lies all the time about stuff that just amazed me. Like, "There's, you're not even in trouble." Why would you lie about that? Like, that's ridiculous. Okay, it was Josh. I'm just <laughs> telling you. I actually got his permission to tell this story. So we, Beth and I were kind of in a state of parenting panic. Ever been there, parents? I was like, gosh, I don't know what to do. I mean, the kids just lying about the stupidest stuff. Like, I just, I don't even understand why this, what is going on? And so I was at work, and one of my friends was a dad just a few years ahead of us. The kids were a little older, and I was like, bro, I need some, like, I need parenting here, help. He was like, yeah, what's going on? And so I told him about Josh and all this thing. He's like, dude, I know what you need to do. I was like, okay, great. Parents, young kids, listen, hot sauce. He said, Josh is using his tongue to lie. So punish him with his tongue. I was like, genius. So Josh would tell a lie. I'm like, to the fridge, get the hot sauce. And he was like, no. He would go get the fridge. I know some of you are like, you're kidding. No, stick your tongue out. <laughs> and he's like, ah. And I'm like, don't tell any more lies. Okay, okay. Still to this day, the kid doesn't like anything spicy. <laughs> he wants to blame it on me. I blame it on lying, right? Um, it's not just uh, our kids that do that. Listen, I remember even being a little guy. And uh, I was uh, a uh, uh, vacation Bible school. And uh, if you memorized your verse, you would tell your teacher, and then you got the Vacation Bible School T-shirt for the week. When day one, you know what I did? I told her I memorized my verse already. But I hadn't memorized my verse. Like, that's a double doozy bad to lie at church, right? And so I came home with my shirt, put it on, and my mom was like, Dougie. Did you memorize your verse? And I'm like, no. She's like, take the shirt off. (laughs) And now you're going back to apologize. We've all been there before. Let's see what the Bible says about this thing that has become way too prevalent in our culture. Let me ask you a question. Do you like it when people lie to you? Do you like it when your mechanic lies to you? Do you like it when a contractor lies to you? Do you like it when your boss lies to you? Do you like it when anybody lies to you? None of us do. Okay, listen. Listen to what the proverb writer says in Proverbs 12, 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. If you study this word and understand the word detests here, it actually means to make you sick to your stomach to the point of vomiting. Great, Right? But rather than look at the negative of this, let's look at the positive. My main thought for this weekend that I want you to write down is this. God delights in those that tell the truth. We might not think much of our lies, but God doesn't like it. And I really believe part of the reason why he hates lying so much is that it is an unquestionable characteristic of the enemy of our souls and his enemy as well. Listen to how Satan is described in John chapter 8, verse 44. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar. And look at this, and the father of all lies. So what I want to do is just unpack this with you a little bit. Let's talk about some of the places that we lie. Some of them are very obvious and some of them are not so obvious. Over the time that we have left, I want to unpack three three ways that we lie and then I want to talk about how we can respond to this. The first one, how do you lie? That this is obvious. You would say this and we under- listen bold face lies, we get that. But we shade the truth, don't we? We tell subtle lies or we twist the words just so it's not quite the truth but not painful. We lie to others Matter of fact, we see this in Scripture in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 5. Friend deceives friend, and no one speaks the truth. They have taught their tongues to lie. They weary themselves with sinning. Ladies, leave me for a second. I uh, did some research this week. On average, ladies tend to lie three times a day. Guys, can you just do this? Just do it. Seriously, do it. Just shake your head. But before you get too overconfident, men, right? Yeah. On average, we men lie two times as many times a day as ladies do. Six times a day on average, men lie. Ladies go, hmm, like that, right? It's amazing to me when we read statistics like this, how easy, now listen, I would like to tell you that this has been just the most beautifully fun week in preparation for this sermon. I gotta tell you, get ready, because my prayer is this week will be like last week was for me. Every time you feel tempted to or say something untruthful, I hope you're gonna just be reminded at how, how sneaky the enemy is at working this into your life. I'm promising you right now, it will blow your mind. You will blow your mind how easy it is to be untruthful. It happens all the time. We lie about all kinds of crazy things. I got to tell you, like, I wish it was just that when I was, you know, a kid in vacation Bible school, I made a mistake. I still, like, here's one that this happens a lot. I like to buy certain things. I like to buy fly fishing gear, and I like to buy clothes. And oftentimes, Beth will know pretty quick when I buy something. For example, if I get a smoking deal on what I think is a cool pair of pants, I don't want it hanging in the closet. I want to wear them. And so I put them on and Beth will say, oh, nice pants. And I'm like, oh, thanks, hon. Have you had them long? I don't know why she asked me that question. Let's just stop at their nice pants, you know? And I'm like, yeah, kind of had them long. And in my mind, you know what I'm thinking? Depends on your definition of long right? I'm like 12 hours, you know? Seems like a long time to me, right? I don't know why it is that it is so easy for us to be untruthful, but we got to remember God delights in those that tell the truth. We've all done it. We know that we lie to others, but here's one you might not think of. Do you know that, that we also lie to God? We might not think about that. In fact, there's a passage of scripture in Acts, Acts chapter 5. There's an interesting story here Where in the very beginning, in the early stages of this developing church, um, these people are selling some of their possessions. Some of them sold everything. And they're helping to take care of the needs that everyone would have together. And it's just kind of some of what's happening here. And there's this couple. If you haven't read it, I would encourage you to write down Acts 5 and go back and read this story. It's amazing. It's this couple. Their names are Ananias and Sapphira. And they decide that they're going to sell their property and they're going to give money to the church. But they're not going to give it all, but they're going to say they did. Who knows why you would even do that? It's their stuff. They could sell what they want. It's their resource. They could do what they want with that. But for whatever reason, they were being deceptive about how much they had given, and they were communicating that they had given their all, and yet they hadn't. So the Lord talks to Peter about this, and then Peter goes to Ananias, and he says this in in Acts chapter 5, verse 3. Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Isn't it interesting? The father of all lies worked his way in there. Same as it does for you and me. And he says this, you lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was yours to give away. Now look at this, how could you do a thing like this? Look at the last sentence. You weren't lying to us, but to God. You see, the more you learn to lie, the more you lie. And it can even transition from just uh, lying to others to lying to the Lord. We've all done this, made promises that we wouldn't keep, said things that we didn't mean. And you know, if you're not careful, you're not just telling lies, but you start to live a lie. That's where things begin to get really dark, but God delights in those that tell the truth. So we lie to others, we lie to God, and this is when things get really scary. We also, we also lie to ourselves. Hey, it's uh, kind of quiet in here today. Um, listen, this is another Psalm that I want you to write down to pray. Help me understand the meaning of your commandments. Psalm one, nineteen, twenty-seven. And I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I will weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Look at verse 29. Keep me from what? Lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Again, I challenge you to pray the Psalms. That's another great one to pray. Lord, keep me from lying to myself. There are too many times throughout the course of a day When you could deceive yourself, it's a scary thing when you get to the place where you believe your own lies, isn't it? If you've ever had to make a note in your phone about something that you lied about, you have a problem. And we can transition quickly into a place where we're not living the truth anymore. Oftentimes in a marriage situation, I'll be having a conversation with somebody, and and it's usually actually even with this tone. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem, they have a problem. I'm not the problem, they're the problem, right? Have you heard that before? Is that true? Do this. No, we have a problem. We're all part of the problem. And one of my biggest fears is that if you're not careful, we deceive ourselves and we begin to lie even about our own standing and our relationship with the Lord. And we say, hey, I'm okay. I'm okay with God. You know, I'll have this conversation with people fairly regularly. Hey, how's things going? How's things going in your walk with the Lord? Yeah, I'm busy. I mean, I'm doing okay. I mean, I go to church sometimes and I volunteer a little bit. You know, I've given in the offering before. We like to begin to justify. That because although those things are very important, that's not the key to our walk with the Lord. They're important. I would encourage you to do them. But this question is vitally important for us to ask. This is a question that we like to ask our staff and each other. I meet with Stephen and Gary every week. This is on part of our list. Hey, how are things going spiritually? Because it's not uncommon for us to be, yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm doing better than some. Right? Who? Because that's not really what matters. There's this amazingly hard-hitting passage of Scripture in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. Ah. I want to get to the heart of the matter today because this is where we have opportunity to respond and perhaps reflect and do some things differently. Um, why? Why do you think, have you ever thought about this? Why, why do you think we lie so easily? How has it become so common? It's funny, even this weekend, um, in conversation with people, just talking, and they're like, "Wait, but, but. that isn't exactly the truth, because we're just aware of it now. We're thinking about it. For some, we might kind of slip into, I'll say what needs to be said, if it will make my life easier, if it will help me get ahead, to help me close the deal, to help me not face consequences or to not hurt someone's feelings. And once we get started down this path, it begins to snowball, and the more we lie, see the reality is it gets more difficult for us to find the truth. And before you know it, you're not just telling little lies. Isn't it interesting, too, that we will call, we'll call them, what do we call them? Why? Oh, th- that's better, right? We we'll call it a white lie. That's like so crazy. And if we're not careful, we begin unchecked to live a lie. So I want you to do this this week. This is going to be part of your responsibility. Your assignment heading into next week is to answer this question. When I catch myself wanting to say something that's not truthful, um, I want you to answer this question. I most often lie because I... And just fill in the blank. If you're paying attention this week you're going to I promise you will catch yourself saying something that's untruthful and just ask ask yourself the question why? Why was I going to do that? I think there's something that's going to happen this week just cuz we're aware of it. Maybe you're trying to protect others or make yourself look better, better. You want to get ahead or afraid what others will think of you. You want to impress, you don't want to get in trouble or face consequences. You don't want someone to be angry or maybe you just don't like the truth. You might think, okay, I'm not going to look bad if I tell this little lie. And then what happens if you get caught in the lie? Just think about it. What's the truth? You're going to look worse. Or how about this? You think, okay, if I lie, it's going to bring me more security. And you know what happens the second you lie? What do you feel on the inside? Anxious, right? You feel, you feel a little more concerned, insecure, unsure. You might think, if I lie, I'm going to get more of what I want. But the truth is, when I lie, I have less of what matters most. You might think, if I lie, you're going to like me more and we'll have a better relationship. Well, I think, guys, the truth is that we can't have a real relationship that's based on lies. God delights in those that tell the truth. Could it be that untruth, our lies, are actually stealing from us what we want most? See, we have a spiritual enemy, the enemy of your soul and mine. And as we read before, he's called the father of all lies because he knows how destructive lying can be. And he knows where it will take us. And you know what he wants? He wants us to not be honest with ourselves, with God, or with others. And here's the reality. There is real truth. There is. There is real truth, but the further we get from real truth, the more we're going to feel like we can lie. The closer you get to real truth, the more you will have a check in your spirit that will remind you when you're being untruthful. Where is real truth? What is real truth? Write this one down too. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus is teaching, and he said to the people who believed in him in John 8, 31, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Look at verse 32. Look at this. And you will know what? The truth. And the truth will set you free. (sighs) You know how we make it past this that stumbles us so well? get close to the truth. The truth is a person. And the closer you and I get to Jesus, the more there will be that check in our spirit that will help us to know when we're getting off course. The more we will hear his voice, the more tender our heart will be to the truth. Someone needs to hear this today. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Someone needs that today to be set free Because lying's become too much a part of your life, maybe even to the point where the bulk of your life is a lie. None of us want to live that way. Maybe you've believed so many lies, lies about the things that others have said you are. Maybe even to the point where you don't even know who you are anymore and you don't even like who you've become or maybe you've told so many lies you can't even keep track of them anymore. Maybe you realize today that you're not even telling yourself the truth anymore. And if we can't be honest with ourselves, guys, man, we got some work to do. But Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You see, the truth isn't just an idea. It's a person. It's a person. So we're going to do something uh, today that's going to help us to kind of get a little reset because we need it. Now we're going to be reminded today of what Jesus has done for us because we have a fresh start. Our ushers are going to come, and we're going to take communion together. And um, we, we practice what's called open communion, which means it's not about church membership. That's not what this is about. It's about your relationship with the Lord. So when the, when the um, trays pass your spot, just grab the elements and hold them for a second. And here's why we need to do this. In the passage of Scripture where Jesus is kind of unpacking communion, there's something that he says uh, in that passage that we're gonna do today, and it's this. He says, examine yourselves, examine your hearts. And so we wanna do that today. We're gonna examine our hearts based on these things that we've been talking about. And we're gonna be reminded of this. If you're not holding a tray uh, or it's being passed your way, look at the verse on the screen. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me you see the more i believe this truth the more freedom that i will have and you will have to be truthful when i understand who he says i am i take a step towards the truth when i understand regardless of my past that i can be forgiven because of what he did on the cross You see, I take a step towards the truth. When I believe that I am righteous, not based on what I have done or you have done, but based on everything he did, I take a step towards the truth. And the closer we get to the truth, consistently, passionately, growing in our relationship with him, you see, the more capable we are of overcoming the temptations, To be untruthful because we take a step towards the truth when i believe that his freedom sets me free that i am who he says i am i take a step towards the truth you will know the truth and the truth will set you free can you bow your head for just a second We started in kind of an interesting place today. um, Praying a prayer and asking the Lord to speak to us. In this moment, Lord, we're going to do what you told us to do. We're going to reflect. Will you tell us the truth and give us the courage to hear it? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Will you just bow your head and just for a moment let him speak to you today? Reflect, examine yourself. Maybe today you're, you're feeling that uh, it's become way too easy to lie and you're, you're living with some fear of getting caught. Maybe you feel the slide beginning and you've become way too comfortable with, with lying and not telling the truth. Maybe you look yourself in the mirror today and you're looking at a person, but you know deep down you're really someone else. Maybe you don't even know who you are anymore because this whole thing has become a lie. Will you please today hear me, believe who Jesus says you are, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Father, I realize that in a room this size there may be some some folks that are here today that have never made a decision to accept you, and um, Lord, today they're realizing that they need to know the truth, and they don't. They need to know you and they want to know you. And if that's you and you're in the room today, will you just simply pray this prayer with me? Uh, Father, forgive me. I've just gotten to a place where, man, this has just gotten out of control. I don't like where it's headed. I don't like where I am and I need it to change. I thank you that you went to the cross. The symbols that we hold in our hands today remind us of that. Your body that was broken, your blood that was shed. And as I reflect today, I know I need you. So I ask you to forgive me, and I ask you to come and be the Lord of my life. And as I get close to the truth, help me to pursue the truth, Father. For all of us today, we thank you for the reminder. Ah, oh, it's too easy to let this stuff creep its way into our life and even take over. It's likely that for every single one of us here, we needed to hear this today. Will you remind us this week? check our, check our hearts when we are beginning to say something that's untruthful and correct it, fix it? We thank you that because of what you did on the cross, we can have a fresh start. And when we tell the truth, there can be healing because the truth sets us free. Will you take the bread and the cup? Will you stand to your feet? Father, we're going to need your help this week. Now, this is not going to be easy. And I know what's going to happen. And Lord, I pray it happens for each of us. That you're going to remind us of how quickly we tend to not tell the truth. Just catch us there. Speak to us this week. Help us to be truth tellers. And help this to be a week where we do everything that we can to get close to you. And to have the courage to listen. Help the truth to set us free.